Hello, hello, hello. So, guess what? This Wednesday, you get two episodes of the Super Tea Podcast Show. I am a solution-oriented individual, and I don't like to just address problems without coming up with solutions. So, I am going to have the great Dr. Joe Dispensia, um commentary on here because as I was going throughout um, my day carrying on, I came across this episode of his and it touches precisely on the things that I was talking about. So I'm going to, with no further ado, get him started. His name is Dr. Joe Dispensia. Um, he's a neuroscientist and also a doctor. You can look him up. I will put his information in the details of this podcast. But this is the solution, and it actually explains a lot. The habit is when you've done something so many times that the body now knows how to do it better than the mind. So now the person running through the same routine every single day is on autopilot, and their body's now dragging them into a predictable future based on what they did in the past and they've lost their free will mm. to a set of programs, right? So now you have the familiar past and you have the predictable future. Those are knowns. So the only place then reasonably where the unknown exists is the sweet spot of the generous present moment. That is when the body and mind are free from those conditions. So along with those emotions that influence the same thoughts, people start becoming more judgmental. They start becoming more impatient. They start becoming more entitled. Uh, they start getting more afraid, more anxious, more depressed. And now the body is literally being depleted of energy because it's believing that it's living in an emergency situation. And in emergency, you tap all of the body's resources for some threat, whether it's real or imagined. And so then when you're releasing all of these chemicals, we are literally drawing the body's life force and turning it into chemistry. And so for the short term, that's cool. But the arousal that's created from those stress hormones is a rush of energy. And so then people use the problems and the conditions in their life to reaffirm their conditioning or their addiction to that emotion. And in a sense, they become addicted to the life they don't even like. And this is why change is so hard. So then when a person makes up their mind to change and they say, okay, I'm not going to say I can't, I'm not going to judge another person, I'm not going to blame, I'm not going to complain, I'm not going to make excuses, I'm not going to be a victim, I'm not going to talk trash about anybody, I'm just going to stop. Well, that works out really well for the first couple hours. And the body's saying, you're out of schedule. You normally at 8 in the morning, you're getting traffic and you're angry. Then at 11 o'clock, you check your emails and you're really judgmental and frustrated. And the body's saying, oh, well, you've been doing this for the last 20 years. You're just going to stop today. So now the body, which has been conditioned emotionally to be the mind, wants to return back to its familiar territory, to the known. So the body starts influencing the mind. And it says, you know, come on. This is a good time to judge. Come on. This is a good time to suffer. It's your ex's fault. It's, it's, your, it's the government's fault. It's, uh, it, it, you know, it's the weather or what the news, whatever it is. And if we accept, believe, and surrender to that thought without analyzing it, 
it slips by and it begins to program the autonomic nervous system to make those pharmacy of chemicals. And so that's when the person makes the same choice, does the same thing, creates the same experience just for that familiar feeling. Okay, I'll complain just so I can feel suffering. Then they'd rather be unhappy and step into the unknown, to step into possibility. And the hardest part about that process, first of all, is not making the same choice as you did the day before. Mm. And here's the payoff. You got to stay conscious and not go unconscious. And it turns out that 95% of the time we're unconscious. So if you're going to stay conscious, then there's an element that also requires a certain amount of awareness or energy and you got to step outside of that unconscious state. So the thoughts that they're thinking are slipping by their awareness unnoticed because they're hardwired in their brain because they've been saying, I can't, it's too hard, my own life will never change, it's someone else's fault. Those thoughts have consequences in the body. So then if a person then becomes conscious of those unconscious thoughts, becomes aware of how they speak and how they act, and they notice how they're feeling, they're no longer the program. (laughs) They're the consciousness outside the program, and that's the first step to change. So when when you're distracted by your environment and you got your cell phone and you're tweeting and you're Instagramming and Facebooking, whatever people do, you're distracted by that feeling. But I now know that if you take a person and you say, okay, close your eyes, <laughs> sit in the, in the silence of any external stimulation, remove the environment, sit your body down like an animal, body is the animal, tell it to stay. I'm going to feed you, you can check your cell phone, you can shower, you can have your coffee, but when I say... And so then, here comes the challenge, right? So, and, and then... If you say then you're not going to live in the familiar future, uh, familiar past or predictable future, you're not going to think about how long you've been meditating, what you got to do. You you labor uh, for that present moment. People think when they do this that they're doing something wrong because there's such discomfort that comes with mm-hmm. it. But they're in the unknown. They're actually doing it right. People say, I, I think I'm meditating wrong. I would say, oh, no, 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 you're doing it right. Because when you notice that your body wants to get up and check your cell phone or have a cup of coffee and you become aware that it's on autopilot and wants to do that and you say "Uh -uh, come on over here and you return it back to the present moment you're executing a will now that's greater than the program and if the person wants to just get angry while they're sitting there there's an arousal and they notice the body is amping up and revving up and they settle it back down now they're telling the body it's no longer the mind that they're the mind. Now, we've researched this, and it's tedious in the beginning at first because David is fighting Goliath. But if you keep practicing it, just like training an animal, sooner or later the body acquiesces. Sooner or later the body is trained to a new mind, and when that happens, there's a liberation of energy. Mm-hmm. The body goes from particle to wave, from matter to energy, and there goes that emotion literally liberated from the body as energy. So the person who has the strong emotion to some circumstance in their life and they're they're working and lowering the volume of that emotion the more they lower the volume of that emotion the more they're going to take their attention off that person and problem and they're going to take their power back. There's going to be a break in their attention from that circumstance and now they build their own field and now there's energy to heal 
Now there's energy to create a new life. Now there's energy for the mystical moment because they've overcome their old personality self. So I think, you know, it's not like thinking positively. That's yeah, not no, the message. No, no. Yeah. It's it's overcoming, 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 overcoming until we become somebody else. And when that occurs and the person starts thinking differently and they start acting differently and they start feeling differently, they're a new personality. And yeah. they, they start seeing those synchronicities and serendipities. Now, crossing that river of change... The creative process now gets exciting because what thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? What kind of attention and intention do you want to place so that that becomes the loudest voice in your head? Mm -hmm. And if you keep practicing it, the hardware becomes a software program and it'll say, Jay, you can do anything. Jay, uh, you live in no time and accomplish everything. Jay, you're unlimited. You just got to hang with it. On the other side of this is greatness. Whatever you want to program in there, you get to program in there. Want to be happy? Build a life, not just a business. Hey, it's Evan Carmichael, and this channel is created to help you overcome the number one challenge that is holding you back, a lack of belief in yourself. You watch these videos because you know there's something more inside you, too. You've got Michael Jordan-level genius at something. So today, let's live your best belief life and learn how you can reprogram your broke mindset. Enjoy. Rule number two, believe in abundance. I had this belief that I did not have an abundant amount of money and uh, that I was always in struggle. And that came from my parents. Bless them. You know, they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that came from them. You know, we can't afford it and all of those things. So I was brought up with that, as many of us are. So the, the one one that I had the biggest thing to overcome, the belief, the biggest thing to overcome was the belief in lack of money. And and I knew I needed to overcome that for the secret to sweep the world. All the things I was going to buy, you know, when the money came in. Um, so I did all of these lists and I imagined that I had those things already. Um, and yeah, and I wanted, I remember it was like, I want a house on the ocean. I really went all out, you know, that was just some list. Um, one of the things I remember is that I'd always wanted a Range Rover all of my life, and that was just beyond anything I could afford. And uh, especially in Australia, like they were crazy prices. So, but still, I put it on the list, and I put all these things on the list. But you know, interestingly enough, like I did that because that was a way to turn money around. But when the secret got released, I didn't care about any of it because, and I didn't even care, all that mattered was that I had got it out into the world and now it was in the world, it could never be taken away and that is what mattered to me more than anything is that that was going to get into people's hands and so, um, but still, I have to tell you, got all the things on the list, <laughs> you know, there's amazing views out here of the ocean, um, I ended up by getting a Range Rover, um, um, and so, yeah, but I did, I did a lot of practices. Rule number three, place it in your imagination with Wayne Dyer. The basic thing that Neville taught me, and a lot of this is from the teachings of Neville, mm -hmm. uh, Neville Goddard, who died in the 1970s. He, he, he basically said that um, all of us have within us this amazing capacity to manifest and attract anything that we want into our life. So 
how, how we call it, what, what words that we use. We have to be able to say, um, you know, in the secret they say, you, you get what you want, you know, and what is missing. And what Neville said and what, what has come to me and what I got from the I Am Discourses and what I get from the New Testament, which I read before I did this, is that you, you say, I will attract into my life what I am, not what I want. And I am capable of attracting all things that, that, that the source is, is capable of attracting. So that's the difference. It's like you get what you are rather than what you want. So you want to become, you can't go around and ask these divine beings, you know, angels, whatever you want to call them. Who are to, right here all the time. Always. You right can't, here, you can't right ask here, them right. to help me out. You have to, you have to become like they are. That when you're when you become angelic, when you become a divine being yourself, when you are giving, when you are serving, when you are in that place, they will come to you. That's what happened to you in India. You then begin to see yourself in everything. That's what the Tao Te Ching teaches as well. They yes. call it your original nature. Your original nature is reverence for all of life, gentleness, kindness, and service towards others. That's Lao Tzu, 500 years before the birth of Christ, saying that's our original nature. Yes. Reverence for all of life, gentleness, kindness, service towards others, giving, offering, serving. And when you get to that place where you no longer have any judgment within you towards any of God's children, that means no condemnation, no criticism, no judgment towards anyone, even the Osama bin Laden. If enough of us get on, that's just what my mission is, is just to teach people that you are love, you are divine. Mm -hmm. Put that into your imagination. I am, I am well, I am happy, I am content, I am fulfilled. Even if your senses tell you that you're depressed, one of your people that called me when we did a pre-interview on here said, well, if, I, if I'm feeling depressed, I'm supposed to fool myself and say I am feeling well even you if you can't I'm choose another thought that's yeah, what I've learned absolutely and it's like you, you don't say I am depressed because if you say I am depressed you connect with depression and the universal source God whatever you want to call it will align in such a way to offer you whatever it is more depression you, yeah here's some more depression I am unhappy I am depressed I am so by placing into your imagination what you want and assuming the feeling of that wish is already fulfilled, you go through your life feeling that. When enough of us do that, we will we will transform this planet. I'm telling you, it, it can be done. Rule number four, change your thinking with Louise Hay. You will never find working a pleasure if you hate your job or you can't stand your boss. What a terrible affirmation that is. It will be impossible for you to ever attract a great job with that belief system. If you want to enjoy your time at work, then you must change your thinking. I'm a great believer in blessing with love every person, place, and thing at the workplace. Begin with your current job. Affirm that this job is merely a stepping stone to far greater positions. You are in your current job because of the things you believed in the past. You drew it to you by your thinking. Perhaps you learned your attitude towards work from your parents. No matter, you can change your thinking now. So bless with love your boss, your co-workers, the location, the building, the stairs or elevators, the rooms, the furniture, and each and every customer. This creates a loving mental atmosphere within you, and the whole office will respond to it. I have never understood the reasoning behind putting down or berating others at work. 
If you are an owner, a manager, or a supervisor, how can you possibly expect to get the best work from others if they are frightened or resentful? We all want to be appreciated, acknowledged, and encouraged. If you support your employees and give them respect, then they will give you the best work they can. Now, please don't believe that it is hard to get a job. That may be true for many, but it does not have to be true for you. You only need one job, and your consciousness will open the pathway for you. Don't have faith in fear. When you hear of negative trends in business or in the economy, immediately affirm, that may be true for some, but it is not true for me. I always prosper no matter where I am or what is going on. People often ask me for the affirmations to make their relationships at work be smoother. In fact, for many people, this is a really big issue in their lives. I am deeply aware that whatever I give out comes back to me multiplied. And this is true everywhere, including at work. In the workplace, it is important to know that every employee and employer has been attracted by the action of love, for it's his and her divine right place here and now at this point in time and space. Divine harmony permeates us all, and we can all flow together in the workplace in a most productive and joyous way. There aren't any problems that don't have solutions. There aren't any questions without answers. Choose to go beyond the problem to seek the divine right action solution to any discord that may seem to appear. Be willing to learn from any discord or confusion as it comes up. It's important to release all blame and turn within to seek the truth. And be willing to release whatever pattern may be in your consciousness that has contributed to the situation. Know that you are successful in all that you do. You're inspired and productive. You serve others willingly and gladly. Divine harmony reigns supreme within and around you and within and around each and every person in your workplace. When you know and declare that it's possible to successfully operate in the workplace according to divine principles, then divine love brings to you those who can be helped by that which you so lovingly do. Now, if you like your job but feel you're not getting paid enough, then bless your current salary with love. Expressing gratitude for what you do have enables it to grow and absolutely no more bitching about the job or co-workers. Your consciousness put you where you are now. Your changing consciousness can lift you to a better position. You can do it. During your workday, there are a number of things you can do to release tension. Here are a few ideas. With the Grubhub Guarantee, get your food delivered on time, guaranteed, or they'll make it right. Thank you! One, before you go to work every day, do this simple exercise. Just sit comfortably and concentrate on your breath. Whenever you notice thoughts coming in, gently bring your awareness back to your breath. Give yourself at least 10 or 15 minutes to dwell in the silence each day. There is nothing difficult or tricky to this, and it's worth taking the time. Two, Write or type this affirmation and put it where you can see it at work. 
My job is a peaceful haven. I bless my job with love. I put love in every corner, and my job lovingly responds with warmth and comfort. I am at peace. When you start to think about your boss, say this affirmation to yourself. I only give out that which I wish to receive. My love and acceptance of others is mirrored to me in every way. Refuse to be limited in any way by human mind thinking. Your life can be filled with love and joy because your work is a divine idea. Remember to say to yourself every day before going to work, no matter where I am, there is only infinite good, infinite wisdom, infinite harmony, and love. Also, to make sure you're actually taking action after watching this video, I've designed a special free worksheet just for this video. The worksheet will highlight all the lessons learned in this video, as well as pull out our three favorite learnings and quotes that will inspire you to actually do something. The worksheet will also give you space to write down what your key takeaways are and your specific plan of action to make sure you're getting results. If you want the worksheet designed specifically for this video absolutely for free there's a link in the description below go click on it and start building the momentum in your life and your business i'll see you there rule number five activate your imagination bob proctor if you look at this for a moment i think that neville put it very well he said you're only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination i want you to think about that for a moment really give that some thought you're only limited by weakness of attention. Do you know, I have quoted um, Dr. Werner von Braun on numerous occasions. When John Kennedy, when he was the president of the United States, asked the good doctor, the father of the space program, greatest scientist, you know, what it would take to build a rocket that will carry a person to the moon and bring him back safely to Earth. He answered in five words. He said, the will to do it. Now, will is a mental faculty. You have perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory, and intuition. These are all our higher faculties. This is what makes us who we actually are. This is what separates us from all the rest of the animal kingdom. And Neville's saying... You're only limited by weakness of attention. Uh, Warren Ron Brown was telling President Kennedy, all you need is to give it your full attention. The will to do it. See, the will gives us the ability to concentrate. I don't know what you want, but I do know this. If you can think it, and you can let yourself get emotionally involved with it, and you stay focused on it, you can have it. Now that's a very basic concept, but it's not the easiest thing for most people to do. But the more you study it, the better you're going to get at it. But I love this. You're only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. You've got to activate your imagination. A lot of people just use their imagination for, gosh, I hope this doesn't happen, or I hope that doesn't happen. They're letting you go in the wrong direction. Our imagination is the most marvelous. He'll, in, uh, in Think and Grow Rich, he'll say the imagination is the most marvelous, miraculous, inconceivably powerful force that the world's ever known.
That'll create anything for you. It'll take you anywhere. Your imagination will take you anywhere and it'll give you anything you want. That's a beautiful thing to know. Rule number six, pay the price with Tom Billiard. This is the central mantra of my life. It doesn't matter who you are today. It really doesn't. So if you feel like you're incapable of something, maybe you are today. But just because you're incapable of something today doesn't mean that you're not capable of learning that thing. So it's not about who you are today. It's about who you want to become and the price you're willing to pay to get there. And I promise you, the day that you're willing to pay any price, you'll achieve what you want to achieve. Rule number seven, believe with Les Brown. I want you to look at something right now. Maybe it's a major goal you want, or maybe it's one you're already working on, and you have experienced a lot of setbacks, a lot of defeats. You've experienced a lot of disappointment. Maybe you've already given up. And maybe you just need a little spur, a little encouragement to get back in the game again. Here's what I want you to look at. There are winners, there are losers, and there are people who have not discovered how to win. And all they need is some coaching. All they need is some help and assistance, just a little support. All they need is some insight or a different strategy or plan of action to make some adjustments that will open up the key to a whole new future for them, that will give them access to the unlimited power that they have within themselves. That's all that they need. So what I want you to do is, is think about something you want for you, that's real for you, that's important for you, that will give your life some special meaning and power. And I don't even want you to say, I can do that. To assume that. See, five years ago when I started out in this area, I would not have been able to make the mental leap that I would be up to where I am right now. I don't want you to begin to just sell yourself out. No, no. I want you to be able to say something to yourself that will enable you to maintain a level of integrity with yourself. That when you say this, even when you face tremendous setbacks, it, it will be a benchmark to keep you in the game, to keep you moving forward and experimenting and readjusting your strategy and your plan of action continuously, looking for ways to win. So what is that something? When you got an idea, you want to move on. You might not have the money. You might not have the education. You might not have the support or the resources you need. What is that something that can keep us going, that will enable us to act on our dream? What's one of those keys that will begin to help us to discover the secrets to our dream? Here's what I want you to repeat after me, please, with power and conviction. Say, it's possible. That's all I want you to do when you look at your dream. Just say to yourself every day, it's possible. Just say that every day to yourself, it's possible. Because what does that do? See, it begins to change your belief system. See, the way in which we operate, ladies and gentlemen, is a manifestation of what we believe what's possible for us. Whatever you've done up to this point, all that it really is, is a duplication, it's a reproduction of what you believe subconsciously that you deserve and what's possible for your life. Before April 1954, the common belief, the universal belief, because it had been tried again and again and again and people had failed, the belief 
was that man was not physically capable of breaking the four-minute barrier, that he could not run a mile in less than four minutes. That was the belief on the planet. It had never been done. But here's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Roger Bannister came along, and he broke the four-minute barrier. Now, here's what's significant about that. Since that time, up to this day, over 20,000 people have done it, including high school kids. What changed? 20,000 people, what changed? Here's what happened when they got on the track. They knew it had been done. And because they knew it had been done, there was a new belief about this barrier, about this goal that was unreachable. And those 20,000 people got in the race believing, knowing in their heart that someone had done it, that it's possible that they could do it. And I'm saying that if you know anybody that had some goal, some dream, something they wanted to do, and they did it, then I'm saying that you know in your heart that if someone has done it, then you can do it. It's possible. And that if someone can make their dream become a reality, that it's, it's possible that you can make your dream become reality. And rule number eight, the last one before some very special bonus clips, is reprogram yourself with Bruce Lipton. Bill is a friend like you've had in your past. Hi, Tanya. What a pretty kitty cat you have. A friend that you've been very close to. Like Bill, you know his behavior very, very well. Hey, Jenny, hi. Let's see you later. And so not only do you know your friend's behavior, but in this particular case, you know your friend's parent. So Bill, you find out, is just like his parents sometimes. I'm so stupid, I can't do anything right. Bill is a happy-go-lucky guy most of the time, but every now and then he stumbles. And when he does so, he gets very upset. Oh, I'm so stupid, I can't do anything right. And the behavior he expresses is not the behavior that we know of Bill. Oh, okay. Hi, Alex! When you see Bill behaving like his father, it excites you. And you can't wait to tell Bill. And you say, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. Then you back away from Bill. I'm not like my dad! I'm not like my dad! so upset and screams out how how can you compare me to my father i am nothing like my father i just became a dasher and i love it there's nothing like being your own boss making your own schedule we've all seen that we all laughed over it but it has a very profound story and the story is simply this we have been programmed during our development by our parents and in that process, we acquire their behaviors. And the unfortunate part about this is that these behaviors are in our subconscious mind, and we don't see them. What's interesting? 
Bill gets all excited and upset that you compare him to his father. And guess what? He is just like his father. But there's a profound point to this story. Everyone else can see that Bill looks like his father. It's only Bill who doesn't see this. Well, this is more than just an interesting story. Because the profound point is, Bill's behavior is not exactly what Bill thinks it is. Every now and then, he comes out with his father's less than good behavior. And I say, well, why is this relevant? Well, because another profound point to the story, we are all Bill. Meaning, every day, just like Bill, we are playing programs. And just like Bill, we can't see them. And I say, why is this relevant? Because if we are playing subconscious programs that we can't see, then by definition, we are sabotaging our lives. And yet, we can't see, we are the ones that are sabotaging it. So when things don't go right, we generally look up and say, oh, it's not in my fate to have something wonderful. Oh, it's not in the cards. Oh, the universe is not supporting me. And we start to see ourselves as victims of life out of control. And we start blaming everything and everyone around us for the failures that we are experiencing. And yet the most important insight is this. The problem isn't on the outside. The problem, as we just revealed with Bill, is on the inside. All of us, like Bill, have programs that we can't see when we play them. About 70% of the programs we downloaded by A7 are negative, disempowering, and self-sabotaging. And yet, they're subconscious programs. The significant point is subconscious programs means programs below the level of consciousness. So all of us, like Bill, during the day, start playing programs from the background and training that we receive from our own parents. Significance, if life isn't going well, it's not the universe that is preventing you from having what you wish. It's your own developmental programming. And why this is so important is because if we can see where we're struggling in life, we can also recognize this is where an invisible program in our subconscious is taking us off of our track. The significance is simply this. Anything in your life that you desire but you have to work hard for, struggle over, sweat over, put a lot of effort into it, a big question. Why are you working so hard to get to that destination? The big answer is because unconsciously you are playing programs that you downloaded from your family and your community that are sabotaging you. And just like Bill, you are playing these programs and you can't see them. All you see is the result of a negative program. You do not see how much you are creating that program. So it's important for us to step back at this time and recognize when we struggle to obtain our wishes and desires, it's not an issue from outside control. It's an issue of inside programming. And once you know this, we are free to change that programming. And when we change that programming, we become empowered because with new programs, we can program success, happiness, health, and love. Well, my quick Dr. Joe Dispensia actually ended up being several great, great speakers. So what I am going to do is I am going to put that whole video, it goes about an hour and a half um, on, I'm going to place that link in the description. 
And I'm going to title this episode Solutions because I dared not address a problem without having a solution to it. So thank you for tuning into the Super Tea Podcast Show. Be well. Take care.